every human being has got every human trait. You know, so ultimately, as you say in your book, you know, finding the guru within, uh, the guru lies within you. And all the great teachers are nothing than mirrors of your own self. Someone that you have created, <laughs> your perception in your mind, to remind you of all the things you've forgotten within. You know, and so again, if you can spot it, you've got it. Welcome to the Chai Chat Podcast, solutions for empowered living, engaging, educating, empowering. Each week, your host, Tarun Puri, author of Finding the Guru Within, and Steve Harvey, mindset mentor to A-list celebrities and stars, bring a combined expertise of over six decades in mentoring, coaching, and inspiring positive solutions to the negatives which keep us stuck and unhappy. With a focus on solutions versus problems, in each episode, they discuss topics relevant to the human condition, which challenge us from moving forward into positive growth and ultimate freedom. Through stream-of-consciousness unscripted dialogue and inquiry, they provide practical, deep, and actionable insights to support you in creating and living a happy, successful, fulfilled life. Join us each week and learn how to access your own inner GPS, your guru positioning system, which comes preset with all the solutions you need for empowered living. Living a life of ease versus effort is only a thought away. Let us show you what works and what doesn't. Hello and welcome to Chai Chat, the podcast. I am Tarun Puri. And I'm Steve Harvey. And today, Steve and I are going to take on the topic of good guru, bad guru. So what the heck are we talking about, Steve, when we're saying good guru, bad guru? I mean, it's catchy, but uh, where do we start? <laughs> yeah, and I think it's one of those words that's really been overused um, so much in life right now. Um, taken out of context, you know, everywhere you go, there's a, a different guru on the high street, you know, within <laughs> the spa guru, the wellness guru, the interior decorator guru, you know. <laughs> the seat guru. And you can have yeah. a guru that will help you find the right seat on an airplane, for God's sakes. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right. And, uh, yeah, the word is, uh, it's very interesting you make that point, Steve, because I think we've become a little bit too relaxed or even lax with our use of words in that we don't understand the power of sound and the power of a word. In the mother uh, tongue, the Sanskrit language, and I call it the mother tongue because even Latin comes from Sanskrit, uh, Sanskrit language was created to mimic the sounds of nature. And a mantra, which is a recited series of words and syllables that are put together in a certain way in order to create a certain frequency or a vibration. So it's very important that when a mantra is read or recited or sung, that the sounds are accurate. So a word, in a sense, becomes a mantra. It's not only that you're using a word, the intention behind that word and the sounding of the word is so important. And certain words, of course, every word has a personality, right? When you think of a word, immediately you have a feeling that the, goes with the word. 
And so sometimes I think that we disrespect the sacredness of certain words and we become lax with them or the context of their use, right? And so I find that guru is a just a fascinating word. And, and as you know, my book is called Finding the Guru Within. And I don't know if you know, but um, I had somebody in marketing, a big company, and when they saw the title and my little write-up on it initially when I was thinking about it, they warned me that maybe I shouldn't use the word guru. And I said, why? They said, oh, it's it's people are going to react to the word or it's 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 going to work against you. And I I really couldn't understand it. And maybe they were saying it's overused. Maybe they were they themselves weren't understanding the context of that word, that I wasn't peddling some far Eastern philosophy or religion. But I was really speaking about that inner light, that inner intelligence, the brilliance within us. Call it a program if you want to use uh, modern day parlance, you know, that program within us. Actually, I call it your GPS, your guru positioning system. And what I was referring to when was saying that finding your inner guru was that Imagine if you had that inner GPS system and, you know, as a GPS, when you get it, you plug and off you go because it's already pre-programmed with all the destinations and the maps and, and, and you know, even the stopovers and all, anything you may desire is already in there. So mm-hmm. the inner guru, your inner guru, my inner guru are programmed, customized to my journey here. And so when I talked about finding the guru within, we could have said finding the higher power within, finding our our soul within, um, you know, finding the light within. It it didn't matter what we referred to it as. It doesn't change its essential nature. But just to set the record straight, uh, I talk about the guru uh, and what is a guru and a true guru and a false guru in the second chapter of the book. But I give a quick definition uh, from the Sanskrit write-ups, okay? So gu basically refers to darkness, and ru refers to that which dispels darkness. And another word for darkness is ignorance. You know how we always say in the English language, I don't know what you're talking about, Steve, I'm in the dark, right? Enlighten me, right? So I'm still in the dark, enlighten me. So our language already speaks to that by you bringing some learning to me, I can become lighter in my knowing, in my knowledge. You can enlighten me. So guru basically is the one that dispels the darkness or dispels the ignorance. Uh, And so there's many levels and manifestations of guru. And I'm hoping that today, we will gain an appreciation through our chat about who is our guru. And, Mm -hmm. and, uh, and uh, we have some pretty radical statements. I think that we're going to make today that made people shake their head a little bit, but that's a good thing. Yeah. And I think, you know, there's so many gurus, as I say, I like to call them the high street gurus. There's so many (laughs) gurus today, both in the East and the West. And each one of them seems to be pointing to his or her own way of enlightenment. And so how is one to know that they are speaking the truth? That's the question of the century, isn't it? Or centuries. Mm -hmm. Some of them can be incredibly charming and beguiling 
and seem to embody the garb and the look of what we think a guru should be, right? It's interesting you say you say that because um, many years ago I uh, invited uh, Joseph Kurian to Calgary, um, and he was the the gurukul of the Danarvedic tradition, and um, I remember coming back to my office with him. We'd been for lunch and was sat at the traffic lights and I, I turned to him and I said, Joseph, do you really believe in gurus? Oh. And he said, of course I do. He said, how does a cardiologist become a cardiologist if he doesn't have a guru? And at that time, I'd been reading a lot of Krishnamurti's teachings and I turned to Joseph and I said, you know, I've, I have a real tough time with this whole guru thing. I'll never forget what he said. He turned to me and he said, I know you do. Why do you think I'm here? Wow. <laughs> wow. And then he said, he went on to say, you know, Steve, your guru could be the biggest prostitute that walks the face of the earth, but that's why really? they're your guru. He actually said that? That's what he said. It could be the biggest prostitute that walks the face of the earth, but that's why they're your guru. And he said, if people... You know, found out half the things I discovered my guru doing, they would have been appalled. But it took my guru to behave in that manner for me to get my lesson. And the light went on for me because at that time, what was on the news of all the, you know, the newspapers on the TV was that Sheldon Kennedy, who was an ice hockey player, National Hockey League player, had came out and uh, spoke about being sexually abused by his coach in junior hockey. And the coach was a fellow by the name of Graham James. And I thought, oh, my gosh, his guru, his that's coach, right. his mentor, right? And and that's what I remember Joseph saying, you think there should be these enlightened masters with the saffron robes that do no wrong, but they could be the biggest prostitute that walks the face of the earth. And I thought, my goodness. And the interesting thing out of that, Sheldon Kennedy discovered what his true purpose in life was, was not to be a nice hockey player, but was to go on and become an advocate for you know, sexual abuse in junior sports, not just hockey, and had skated across Canada to raise awareness for this, and then went on to become a therapist, uh, which he's, he's doing to this day. You know, and so it's interesting how we think that for us to discover our purpose in life, we have to, you know, sit at the feet of the master, these enlightened gurus that do no wrong. And yet some of the, the greatest teachings that we could ever get could be from those petty tyrants that show up in our life. Um, and from that, we discover what our true purpose or true calling in life is. So I think it's interesting to dis for us to discuss that whole, you know, issue or concept of gurus, guru, bad guru, you know, and how we tend to have a, a specific perception of gurus being a certain way. Um, and, to, you know, to really, as you said, everyone could be a guru, you know. Well, and everybody you know, is the guru because yes. I feel that in this matrix that we call planet Earth, uh, we arrive here with a, with a script in hand that we hand out, or maybe even before, and then everybody essentially plays their part 
in order to help us to learn and grow. And look, I've been, I was a professional student for, you know, way too many years. And I had to have classes and lessons that I didn't like, <laughs> to be honest, right? I didn't particularly enjoy. And, and if you didn't make me take them, I probably wouldn't have, right? And But I couldn't get my piece of paper at the end of that. So it's not that I had signed up for a program in which I could um, control everything that came my way and everybody who delivered the message and and I could control the whole inputs and make it, you know, uh, uh, sort of my uh, uh, journey without challenge. It just couldn't be. And I wouldn't have grown in the way that I grew now. Actually, some of my my toughest, most demanding teachers were the ones that I remember today. Right? And then I honor and I thank. I remember in law school, one of the teachers that... Um, gentleman from South Africa, and he came from a tradition, he taught property law, of the dialectic, the Socratic method of learning, which meant that, you know, and you had quite a few students in class, you would get into the, you know, you would kind of sit there, I was at University of British Columbia, we maybe had 200 of us, maybe 100 in a class, icon, and you would get up there and start lecturing, and, and, and then he would stop and he would scan the audience, and, 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 uh, and I would like trying to disappear, because of course, I hadn't read my... <laughs> Notes, of course, right? You know, and 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 don't pick me, don't pick me. And guess what, right? And and he would constantly quote pick on you and ask questions. And it was hard work. It was like, why don't you just give me the answers? I'll memorize them and then I'll give them back to you. I mean, why aren't you playing by the rules, right? <laughs> and so, you know, he had a reputation of being tough and actually making you think. And, and so. Uh, but guess what? I'm talking about him today, right? I'm, I'm, I'm actually, he, he left an impression because he was, he challenged me. He challenged me to stretch and, 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 and push myself and, and, and see, right? Uh, so in that sense, wow. And again, um, I, you know, we're talking about good guru, bad guru, but my distinction kind of a synopsis, I suppose, of what I wrote the short chapter on, because it became very clear to me that I've, I've called this book Finding the Guru Within, maybe because of this marketing gentleman and other people had mentioned it to me. I thought, let's just be clear that we understand what we're talking about. So in the second chapter, I did a very short chapter, and I talked about, you know, true guru and false guru. and and But I did start out by saying that my grade one teacher was my guru, because there's somebody that taught me something that was in a position to bring me to another level of understanding and learning and awareness and growth, right? So to me, all of those that have contributed to my growth, wittingly or otherwise, right, um, uh, are and have been and always will be my gurus. So in that sense, uh, who isn't our guru? Because I see life as this, this, this journey we're on in which every moment is an opportunity to grow. And how do we grow? Through learning. And how do we learn? By interacting with our environment, observing, listening, and integrating. And so to me, in that sense, I consider all of life, actually, to be my guru. I, yeah, you don't I, I have to go to India to find your guru who you're with is your guru. Well, okay. 
wait a minute, right? You know, India, yeah. uh, you know, we, okay, I'm having a conflict here because, <laughs> of course, <laughs> I love to take people to India and show them my India, but I hear what you're saying. I'll, I'll behave myself. Yes, you don't have to, and you can't believe the number of people I've coached over the years, smart, intelligent, vibrant seekers. And they came and did an energy training with me and 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 we're, we get all talking in the class. So what are you planning? And they're like, well, I'm leaving my husband. And I'm like, oh, that's it. Why are you, is he a bad guy? Is he abusive? No, 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 he's fine. But why are you leaving your husband? Well, I've been on a spiritual quest and um, there's this guru and, you know, she's in India and uh, I've been sort of checking out the organization and, you know, they've um, offered to... Um, fly me over there and be part of the, you know, the following or whatever. And I said, so you're going to leave your husband, you're going to leave your job, okay, because you seem to have this need to go halfway around the world and and give your power to someone who says, I know better for you than you do. Yeah. This devotion to these false prophets, you know, well, and, uh, as you say, any of them that encourages you to uh, – to go against your better judgment, so to speak, you know, through his words or her words and her behaviors and encourage you to be devoted to him or her. I think they're sending the wrong message. And I think there's, as you know, there's thousands of them all over India uh, and um, and very, very wealthy people. <laughs> very wealthy. Well, again. That, you know, so but as you say, how it's, it's incredible how, People who we consider are very smart, educated, you know, intelligent people are taken in by this. Uh, and so I wonder what's what's the the root cause of that? You know, what's beneath all of that? What are they trying to, what void are they trying to fill? That's right. That's exactly the question. And I have observed this and I've even had direct experience. There's a there's a guru in the world who is extremely well-known now, and, and they have marketed their brand so brilliantly. But in the late 80s, I was in Vancouver, and we crossed paths. And, and, and um, great um, teaching. I mean, here's the confusion that happens, is that in those situations, the words that they're speaking, you know, from various scriptures, it doesn't matter, are divine truths. But the intention that is coming through um, and the message behind all of that is, you see, I know and you don't. Um, give me your power. Give me dominion over your mind. And I will bring you to freedom. And I'm like, and I was actually, I was very young at that time. Um, and I was working with the federal government as, uh, in my position with immigration. And, and I had a, a private audience with this guru gentleman that night, late in the night, because they did all these satsangs and stuff. It was about 1030 at night. And and I had some questions for him. And, I mean, these people are talented. They have been given a gift. They can see energy. They can see you. It's not that they don't have that connection. It's what they're doing with it. And he mm -hmm. could see in me some light that I was bringing. And he offered to fast-track me directly to join them and become part of his inner circle instantly. Instantly. He said, we're setting up at, at the university and we're having a cap and you can be part of my inner circle and you'll meet these people that are like you. And and instantly he could just, you know, and I looked at that and I went, um, 
uh, no, thank you. I got to get into work tomorrow morning. And I, I moved away from that because I saw that despite the allure of the knowledge that I was seeking that he definitely had and the, the talent and the gift and the ability to work miracles and, and, and see energies and read, you know, all of that, I, I, I won't take that away. But what I immediately sensed was this was not clean, that mm-hmm. my that salvation... Cost. Right? At what yeah. cost? My salvation, cost? my freedom was not their primary motive. And I had enough sense, thank God, to my dad being my first guru. So I grew up with a true guru that brought me to the what? A true guru, a, a real true guru will always bring you to the edge of your magnificence and yeah. and guide you to... Take that step, um, you know, have the trust and, and do whatever work it takes and learn the skills you need in order to fly. But it's the edge of your magnificence and they're never threatened by it. They actually, a true guru is someone who seeks to make you, let's say, as somebody's learning from them, better than them mm-hmm. rather than compete with you and say, oh my gosh, this this Steve dude is getting really good. I, I uh, he better not outshine me now because you know I'm I'm the guru, right? So yeah. so you can really you can really quickly see the whole game unraveling. And yet, here's my point: we don't see it, and it's hard not to get into judgment of that dynamic. It's, we're not try, we're not judging. We're seeking, I think, here to understand what is it that compels that game. That you know that game to be played out in that arena, that part of this lifetime or a lot of this lifetime, I'm going to go and and um, give my power to someone who I think um, uh, can do better with it <laughs> for me. Yeah, it's again that infatuation. We look at someone, we put them on a pedestal, and we maximize them relative to ourselves. And and that's you know, you know whoever you put on the pedestal sooner or later you're going to put them in a pit. <laughs> it's so true. It has to happen. And you've seen the yeah. fall of the gurus, and you see the exactly. whole uh, line. But the thing is that so is it is it uh, interplay of them putting out a message that you are not enough and you need me uh, to connect to you, or exactly. and then I put out the message that I'm not enough and I need you, Steve. Can you? Can you be in charge of connecting me to me? There's some interplay there, and I'm willing to give up my family, my fortunes, my, um, uh, you know, all of that. And your initial question was very an important one. How do you know? Like, how do you know? Because I'm not taking away from the true gurus out there who people have followed and found liberation. Uh, but I feel that when I've investigated the dynamics of an organization or even the relationship between what I would call a true, authentic master soul, um, their disciples were never, ever controlled in the manner that they were told um, that they weren't enough, that they were deficient or somehow um, damaged goods, and that it was only the guru uh, that would they would need just like your weekly or daily fix in order to maintain the right 
like in diabetes, it's the right insulin levels, right? Yeah. Right. I don't. When I look at some of these these relationships, I see that it was more of a, hey, you are a bright light. We are all bright lights, by the way, and I see your light. And if you have the intention, if you have the thirst, if you have the calling to want to unleash that, if you have a calling to want to allow it to blossom, then I, who may be further down that path, can guide you. But you still need to walk the path and do whatever it takes. And to me, that is the true gurus in our lives that can take us from A to B and then somebody from B to C. And if we're lucky, somebody will take us from C to F and right. Uh, and so uh, otherwise I find sometimes that we get played and yet I cannot, because I don't ever choose to blame. How can I take accountability for that dynamic? And I see so many people giving up so much of their power consistently and constantly to authorities outside themselves. If we look at a, the guru as an authority, then we could say organizations, governments, yeah. systems, yeah. Um, medical systems or anything. They become our authority rather than our guides. See the difference? And they know what's better for me. They know what's best for me. And so I blindly trust them. Yeah. I don't question. Okay. There's a difference when I still have things to learn and read and study and meditate upon in order to ask intelligent questions. That's a different kind of don't, don't, you know, don't question outside of yourself, question within yourself, as opposed to as I'm learning and growing, there are questions that that are coming up that are having me doubt my faith. And as you would see, even in the Bible, the questions were welcome. Because Truth always stands up to doubting and questioning. And it questions. welcomes it because yeah. it's yeah. true. So the false gurus out there are taking up a lot of real estate in our lives uh, because I think we have a, somehow we've ended up in a default mode, which is a false program within us that somehow um, I'm, I'm, I'm not smart enough. I'm not enough. Uh, I, I'm not good enough. I'm not uh, educated enough. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not. And therefore, I am now become vulnerable to anybody coming in and and um, being able to play me. Yeah. So ultimately, I think recognizing um, what you recognize in them, you've got to find it and own it in yourself because it's there. Every human being has got every human trait. You know, so ultimately, as you say in your book, you know, finding the guru within, uh, the guru lies within you. And all the great teachers are nothing than mirrors of your own self. Someone that you have created, <laughs> your perception in your mind, to remind you of all the things you've forgotten within. You know, and so again, if you can spot it, you've got it. That's right. I, I love that catchy saying, you know, if you if you can spot it, you've got it. But OK, let's let's take this to then a little bit of a more personal arena if you, you know, because I think it's we're talking in the macro and, and, and the philosophical aspects and the and the dialectic of, of trying to understand. But um, 
there's people out there, not even out there, there's people right here on this screen right now talking with you that have gone through experiences. And what you've just told me is that, okay, Tarun, well, um, if you spot it, you've got it. Um, if you, if it's happening in your world or in your life, then there, it's, there's, that exists within you, okay, in some form or some way. So let's, uh, and I mean, I have done so much reflecting and integration on this line because in my human consciousness, you know, I always talk about human consciousness and soul consciousness. If I was mastery, if I had mastery, I would be able to uh, fuel off of my soul consciousness 24-7 and then I would be enlightened, right? But uh, easier said than done. So that human consciousness jumps in and the human part of me has had some pretty damaging, hurtful uh, situations in my life. Let's so I just let me give you uh, let me give you a little example of one. Um, I had a, um, a I, I had an individual in my life who who became who was a colleague who became a best friend and who became an amazing teacher for me. And I was in awe of uh, their giftedness. Like they really, really had a way of putting. Uh, knowledge in a way in models that one could relate to in practical terms. And they had a really good way of being able to show you where you may be having an issue because you didn't understand the power of alignment or that somehow the awareness piece was a prerequisite. And, you know, many of these things. And in our friendship at many levels, uh, I learned so very much through and from them uh, my way of organizing my thoughts and looking at myself and integrating and changing my behavior for the better was wonderful. And I thought, hey, this is a friendship for a lifetime. And this is, you know, I mean, I never thought of them. Actually, I used to call them master. I said, you've got to have the word master by your name. And they'd be very humble and go, no, 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 you know. But but that's how I, I really looked at them. And I was very loyal. I have this, I have this quality that I'm uh, very, very loyal. I don't know if that's good or bad. That's another topic. But I, because I have a thirst for knowledge and anyone who uh, can, who has possesses knowledge and that can help me grow, um, I, I just have almost blinders on with them. And through this process, you know, as I built my own clients and business, uh, I'm, I'm very sharing and I, I openly shared my whole world with them, uh, of which they promptly took great delight in. And it wasn't until way down the road that I discovered that at some level I had been played and that this person had betrayed my friendship and that they had been, you know, showing one part at one side, but behind my back, there were other things happening and clients that used to be mine that I had stopped talking to me and now they were working with them. And, 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 and yet I saw them in a sense as a master or a guru and Remember all this time, I'm a very aware person and I help people develop their awareness and I coach and counsel people to, to you know, um, see a lie from the truth, if you will. And here I was, despite all of this uh, training and knowledge and expertise, I was a sucker in that sense. And I would want to say to you, Steve, um, wow, that was a really bad situation. That was a terrible thing that happened to me. Wow. I mean, I really got used and abused and and uh, and hurt and betrayed and that's how I would want to say it to you what what would you say to me 
think you know. I think you know. I, know. What I would say. <laughs> I know, but and, and but for the for, for for the benefit of our friends, I think this dialogue will be important because I can't imagine anybody out there listening who couldn't resonate with what I've just said. Where you know yeah. you were being earnest and honest and clean and good and in, in my mind, anyways. I'm sure we're not and and you know authentic and all that and 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 somebody that I thought was truly egoless ended up pulling a huge ego trip on me, uh, fooled me, and yet I learned so much from them and through them. And so there's the confusion. And you're trying to tell me that they were my guru? like Right. Because, again, <laughs> if you can spot it, you've got it. Uh, now, also, you said that they um, betrayed you. Um and I would oh say that you actually betrayed yourself by running a lopsided perception of them that they were the the saint and not the sinner. You see? Wow. And this is what we do when we run infatuation. We put people on a pedestal when we have this lopsided perception. But we're not seeing who they truly are. You know, and it's interesting, you know, and and in the Indian culture, we say namaste, that's yes. the light in me, honors the light in you. But, you know, I like to say that the darkness in me shadows the darkness in you. you oh, know, my we gosh. Both, we have both of it. We have light and dark. But, you know, when we look at people, we, we as I say, we're blind to what we would call the dark side, and we only see what we want to see. And we project that out there and it gets mirrored back. But the moment they show the other side, we think, well, there's something wrong with this picture. But it really starts and ends with you. You know, so they're just a reflection of that perception you were putting out there. They're mirroring it back to you. And so really, um, no one can betray us. That's our job. So my, so my uh, need or my choice or my predisposition to, uh, and I can, I can, upon reflection in that whole time when I was into healing of that whole relationship and how it left me feeling uh, many different things, uh, and from an accountability point of view, yes, I hear what you're saying, and I, I had to look at um, myself in terms of my my hunger or thirst for knowledge, overrode my perception in terms of it became lopsided because somebody was able to offer me that uh, while there was other agendas running. And I, and you're right. I, 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 maybe it's an Indian thing, you know, when somebody's your teacher and guru, because they've imparted knowledge to you, you, you give them respect, right? That they have that position. And, and, and because anybody who carries knowledge is, is revered as sort of the highest on the ladder and and the, when they teach you and, and when they when they lead you through the labyrinth of some of your issues and uh, show care and 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 learning, then um, yes, I you you are a hundred percent right there that I had a lopsided perception. I had people around me, people who really cared about me and had my back, and also saw this person. And two years before they I saw to it, warn you. they tried to warn. Well, they could see it. Yeah. They could see that this yeah. wasn't ex- this wasn't all roses. That there were a lot of thorns here. But yeah. I, and I, I'm, this is a con- f- confession here. I mean, I know it's not Sunday, but what I'm <laughs> saying is that I consider myself to be very self-aware. I'm on a path of self-realization. 
uh, I pride myself actually in being able to, uh, uh, because of my ability to sense and read energy and to really help people identify their behaviors. But I think the point I'm trying to make it is, you know, Steve, when it's our lives, we we are the dumbest. Yeah. <laughs> if I can say yeah. it, we're the we're like when it comes to ourselves, it's amazing how yeah. we revert to to this this. It's just shocking because it's like, how could I have been so uh, blind? And then I go deeper. I go deeper and I go, well, if I accept that this whole world is a place that's designed, a university that's designed for me to learn, then... Life life university. Life university and that every experience then becomes a part of that learning then it makes no sense for me to judge one against the other as good, right. bad, or ugly, right? Yeah. It, it's, 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 a, it's for me to learn that, that I don't have to, again, and you said this in one of the other episodes, and I love the line, I don't, in, in taking accountability for this, I don't have to like it because I don't think anybody really likes the feeling of betrayal or abandonment or being used or abused, yet... I don't have to like it, but can I love it? And by that, yeah. what I'm learning now is that loving it is is really about seeing the whole matrix, the whole game, the whole game of Maya, and love the way that the game has been orchestrated to give us these experiences so that we can ultimately, hopefully, own them and realize that we are bigger than them. In other words... As you're saying, we betray ourselves. Yeah. Right? It's like we're all hypocrites when we say we're spiritual, but we don't sit in gratitude for what is. You know? And that that means both sides of the coin. The saint and the sinner. Can we love both of them? You know? The support, the challenge. Can we love that? Someone's there for you. Someone's stabbing you in the back. I love it. See, that is so and, radical, Steve. And I think that's, in my head, that's what, what Joseph was referring to when he said, you know, your guru could be the biggest prostitute that walks the face of the earth. Yes. But that's why they're your guru, for you to get that lesson. And you needed him to behave in that manner for that lesson. If he was being Mr. Nice Guy, you wouldn't get the lesson. Absolutely. So when I go deeper, when you said, well, there, you know, there's a reflection, there's our mirror again, basically saying, you know, those qualities that behavior is reflected in you, they have to be in you for you to be able to see them, right? And so um, uh, it's like, when I look at that, and then I, I don't want to go into self-judgment, but I want to go into self-inquiry. And, and so that experience, just to kind of wrap a bit of that up, when I look at the gifts in it, when I look at the, okay, so what were the positives is that my gosh, I, I I learned so much because they gave me knowledge which I took and I applied. I I, I, I applied it, and through the application of that, um, you know, I was able to take a, uh, take it beyond understanding, you know, uh, and bring it to a knowing because I was able to see how these dynamics and these models work out. Um, and, and how it uh, served you. It served me it really served well. You. Yes, and how it served other people. And how you've been much. able to serve other people as a result of that experience. Exactly. And so it kind of, in my own small way, parallels what you're talking about, the hockey player. I mean, somebody yeah. could say, Steve, are you crazy? You're trying to tell me that him being, 
you know, abused by his coach was actually not totally a bad thing, right? Is that what you're saying? But I think you're going beyond the good and the bad. And and again, it's where I have been able to help people with the knowledge and the learning that I gained. Uh, first, I helped myself, obviously. Yeah. And then through that, I've been able to, to really, really help people through so much. And also, I recognized what what and how I didn't want to be, like what didn't resonate with me, right? Like, because when you're around a certain behavior, you have two choices. Either you can match it and become just like that or not, right? But by mm-hmm. by having that identified and seeing what was going on, I, w- I, I, I was able to acknowledge it. I didn't like it, but in learning to love it, I was able to say, okay, um, I will correct the course on my side so I stop continually betraying and abandoning me. Exactly. Right? So your self-talk, because everything, I like to say that there's nothing that he could have said or done to you that you hadn't already said and done to yourself. <laughs> yeah, I thought you were going to say that. Sometimes that's very hard to fathom, especially if, I mean, this wasn't a world-ending, terrible situation, but uh, there are situations where people find themselves in, and and it's very, very difficult to mediate, you know, between the emotion and the commotion, we call it the emotion and the commotion, and being able to use it as a springboard. Um, so the old Tarun would have um, been maybe resentful, would have been hurt, would have felt, you know, bad, and maybe even wanted, would have gotten even because, you know, when uh, that good old mantra I used to have, uh, you know, don't get mad, just get even, right? Uh, I mean, all of those parts of me would have wanted to engage and bring them down, okay? Yeah. Right? And yet, yet through this process and this understanding of the guru within, okay, I had been able to uh, not allow them to be the source of how who I am and, and how I am. Because I want how I am in this world to align with my values. Mm-hmm. And it wouldn't have been in alignment with my values to be vengeful, revengeful, right? Uh, cause damage, cause harm, whatever it was, right? Uh, I, 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 and that's, I think, there's this kind of a grace and an elegance in in being able to make peace, if you will, uh, with, uh, and this was a long time, you know, 18 year or whatever, it was a very long time friendship and, and colleagueship with a lot of good in it, I have to say that. Mm-hmm. And so I've truly come to the point where I, I don't bear any ill, but just coming from the point of guru, what we're saying is good guru, bad guru. Well, Guru, that that was, I think, one of the greatest teachers in my life so far. Yeah. And so when you can get to that place of saying, I look forward to experiencing more people like that in my life. (laughs) Okay. okay, Then your work's done, you see? Oh, boy. I think I have a few more decades to go then because uh, it's, it's like bring it on. Yeah, right. bring it on. And, you know, I hope my friends and loved ones get to experience a person just like that in their life mm-hmm. because of the growth and the, the the evolution that happens as a result of it. 
you know, uh, because who you were when you went in to sit at the feet of this master, so to speak, uh, and who you are today is a completely different person. And so nothing is ever in the way, it's always on the way. And so we turn around and we say, thank you for being that <laughs> jerk in my life because you yes. taught me where I was a jerk to myself and a jerk to other people. Absolutely. Remember, if you can spot it, you've got it. But we also have to realize that how does someone being a jerk towards us benefit us? And how does ourselves being a jerk towards other people benefit them? But we've been so programmed to think that it's only a benefit if someone's nice to us and right. says all the right things. But can yes. you imagine living with someone that said yes to you all the time? Agreed oh, with I've, everything you said. I fantasized about that, but uh, <laughs> you know, okay, I know, I know, it's getting a bit personal now. But uh, yeah, <laughs> you mean a yes man or a yes woman, right? You know, yeah, we couldn't <laughs> handle it. You know, and so we need, we need the, the support, the challenge. It has to coexist, and when we can love, what is when we love both of it, you know, and that's why I think it's. You cannot bow to an external guru without also bowing to yourself. Correct. You can't give what you don't have, in other words. Yeah. And, and yeah. unfortunately, we have been steered from the youngest of the youngest to on a path in which we have been uh, estranged from ourselves. And so we don't realize the light that we are and that we carry. Yeah. Okay. And 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 I know we're having a guest coming up in an ups uh, uh, upcoming episode that's going to speak to that in a most beautiful way uh, because she works right at the source with very little people at the beginning yeah. of the educational process, and she actually instills in them the knowing that they are light and they're capable and that they're you know that that they are peace and 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 love and beauty and and. And she's done some amazing models and programs yeah. as opposed to what we went through. I mean, the whole concept of being a genius, you know, it, it was just like not even a concept. It just wasn't even in the, nobody. Nobody looked at me and said, Tarun, just by by being here and being five or six years old or seven, you know, you're a genius, yeah. don't you? Nobody ever said that. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> I mean, and, and but instead it was like, well, if you can just meet the lowest common denominator, a baseline of competency, then yeah. then you're all right and you're average and um, and um, uh, you fit the norm of what we're trying to fit you in. Yeah. And you can go through your life, you know, work hard and try not to be too mediocre. I mean, this is what I think the messaging is out there right now. And no wonder then we're looking for gurus, maybe where our parents failed us. Then we're looking for that parental guidance energy. And that's why maybe we turn to uh, the motivational types and the, you know, the next flavor of the week guru who's going to show you yeah. through their secret method if you just give up your power and sovereignty over yourself, right? Uh, you know, um, uh, what you're looking for, which, you know, at the end of the day is is belonging, acceptance, love. Yeah. And, and, and unfortunately, we this is our theme again. We've had all of those things within us and we had no clue. Yeah. yeah. 
It's the six human needs psychology. You know, we're all looking for certainty, uncertainty, which is variety, love and connection, growth, um, and contribution. You know, we have to contribute to something greater than ourselves. But at the same time, we keep looking to these, you know, gurus and their, their, their ashrams and stuff, and we think that they've got something that we don't have because we've been so programmed by society, by marketing, you know, tabloids yes. that we're not enough. You know, and as I've worked around the world, uh, it's the most common thing I hear with people saying, I'm not enough. And you're talking to millionaires and billionaires. Yes. And stars, well-known stars. Running through the same story uh, from all walks of life and not enough. And so then we, we start looking outside for that which is within. You know, and um, it's interesting because I think that the one thing that all great geniuses have in common is that they always trusted their inner vision and their inner voice. Okay. You which know, is which is part of their inner guru's consciousness, right? Uh, but us mere mortals, we <laughs> we tend not to, <laughs> you know, yeah. we don't we don't trust our inner vision and our inner voice. And many times have we had that voice, our gut telling us something, and don't do it, and we go ahead and do it, and then yeah. we pay the price, right? You know, we override it because we've been yes. told by the outside world. Right to be practical and not so silly and do what you said and all of those override our knowing. Right, so and I guarantee, as you said about this master teacher had been in your life, um, other people saw the signs and were trying to give you, you know, the warning. Um, oh, I. But had if you're some really one hundred percent honest with yourself, you saw them as well, but you weren't listening to your inner voice. I guarantee it. Well, that would that's that's going to take. Uh, a little I will take that under consideration and really sit with that because yeah I guess you know sometimes if we're getting something let's say I you know love chocolate and you have lots of it and <laughs> and uh, you knew it had to come to chocolate sooner or later you know that right I was trying to figure That's out where in, this, <laughs> where in this series can I introduce chocolate okay and I've done it but let's say you had all the chocolate and my desire and uh, a need for chocolate was such that I allowed you to um uh, feed me that chocolate at whatever expense, and I refuse to look at who was feeding me this or maybe what was around them or at what cost is what you're saying. And somehow there's a willful blindness, which is very hard to accept, especially for somebody who considers himself so aware, right? Like, uh, like, ask Adam. <laughs> <laughs> in the Garden of Eden. <laughs> oh, okay. You're going way back. You're going way back now, right? Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, and so I feel that there's a setup. I feel that our, yeah. our higher powers, we, we get set up in life, and, and there's things that we're just not allowed to see. We can see it in others. We can see it for others. And yes, to your point, there were a couple of very astute people around me that kept on going, oh, my gosh, doesn't he see? Like, what is he not seeing? Yeah. But I always had a, an excuse or a reason or an explanation that was reasonable for things that wouldn't quite add up, right? I just wasn't. That's so I, I'm, I, I like chocolate. Just give me some more chocolate and, 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 and you know, stop upsetting the cart because I'm getting my. And, you know, when we do a, an episode on addictions, we'll talk about that. 
right? We'll speak mm-hmm. about. Um, so to be honest, yes, um, how honest do we get with ourselves that that maybe the value of the learning was worth the price I was paying, you know, in whichever way, right, is what you're saying. It's like, um, and, and so uh, it, I, I'm, of course, I'm at the place in my life now as I was writing the book and all that, that I've, I've integrated so much of that, that because the theme of my life, you know, how many retreats and seminars we've run and how many um, uh, events we've been a part of where, you know, you get together for the weekend and you identify what your archetypes are and, and what your life story has been. And mine used to consistently be betrayal, right? Mm-hmm. And, and, and abandonment and betrayal, right? And so I could probably say, oh my gosh, I don't know. I just, it's just mind boggling. Why even now, even after all these years, you know, I keep on having people in situations where I feel, you know, they don't say what they're going to do, right? And, or they say this and that, or they, you know, and, 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 and it's the last several years that I was able to, bring all these pieces together and do exactly what we discussed here is to go, wait a minute, what if this was an inside job? Right. And then, and yeah. then begin to look at where I've been betraying myself and where I've been so cleverly, because my intellect, my mind is so smart and so sharp. I remember one of my energy teachers, <laughs> I, I, the story just came to mind. I remember we were in a class of 26 as doing an advanced level energy management program, which is very intense in Vancouver. And the teacher was not happy with me. Uh, I was energetically doing unwittingly, unknowingly, but still I was doing it. So he he pulled me into his office and he sat down and you know what he said to me? He said, uh, Tarun, do you know, do you know that you are very smart? He said, you know, you are one of the most intelligent people, if not the most here. And I'm thinking, why does this not sound like a compliment? Right? I mean, wow, how nice of the teacher to, you know, call me in and tell me how smart I am. And wow, how intelligent I am, probably a genius, you know, and, and all of that. So, but somehow the energy did not seem to connect. It was one of the I think most profound lessons in my life is stuff we don't want to hear. But I thank him in my heart of hearts for having the, he was a truly a teacher because he wasn't there to please me or get me to like him or to accept. He hauled me in and he said, yeah, you are very smart and you're very intelligent. You're very clever. Who's the cleverest, right? You're very clever. Yeah. And then the message was, but who are you fooling, fool? Mm -hmm. You're not fooling us. We see the energy. Right. And I'm telling you that went straight into the core of my being, the devastation, because this was my guru and my revered teacher that has so much respect for telling me that whatever manipulations and games and, and crap you're pulling, Tarun, we see it. And the big, the hardest part of that lesson, I wasn't doing this knowingly or, or or I didn't sit up every night and go, let me see how I can screw up the energy in the room and, and play my games, right? With my emotional blackmail and my cleverness and all that. And, 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 but man, it was a, uh, you could call it a kick in the face. You could call it whatever, but you know what? It's the biggest favor he ever did for me because it started me on a process 
of questioning every part of myself. It was like it shattered me or who I thought I was. I thought I was a calm, yeah. kind person who respected people's space. And I just sat <laughs> in my corner. I minded my own business. All right, Steve, I'll deal with you later. Okay. But, you know, the, <laughs> this is this is a trouble when you have a brother from another mother. They know you, know you way too well. Okay. But, but what I'm saying is that I really thought that I saw myself as a certain person. And for a good year, I went into... Why? Oh my gosh. Now this means that I'm not the good person I thought I was. I am a bad person. I am lying to myself. I'm actually truly evil. Mm. And I thought I was good, Sometimes. but obviously. Well, but but you see, it sent me into this huge self-questioning mode uh, when this was put in front of me. Because I had created an image of myself that exactly the sometimes wasn't there. I was a good, spiritual, wonderful, loving, always caring, never controlling person. You know, you know that, Steve. Come on, stop smiling. Yeah. Okay, yeah. you know that about me. But it took that that hit, and I could say to you, "Well, that was such a bad experience. He was so mean to me. He could have been nicer. Uh, I wish he had, you know, done it in a way that didn't devastate me and make me get depressed." I mean, I can create a whole story around it, or I can just say. Thank you, because the gift he gave me by that brutal honesty sent me on a course in which I cleaned up my act, and I took accountability, I got help, I got feedback, and I learned not to mistake someone's love for me with their being honest with me. Does that make sense? It was because they had love and care for me that they took the risk of being honest. Right. Yeah. Which and is that, and it's interesting because it's led you to do what you do today, and and that's one of the things you know makes you good at what you do is that you're brutally honest with your clients. Thank you. I am. So you am. you say the exact same thing that he said to you. Uh, whatever <laughs> needed to be said was said, and whatever needed to be heard was heard, and it was perfect. Uh, but again, we we still think that our Teachers should be just nice, supportive, and kind. But, you know, sometimes you just need to give you a really good kick up the backside and, and call it the way it is and the, for you to come down off your high horse and to be Absolutely. And I, and I and wasn't I on say, my horse. Thank you. Yes. And when you yes. can say thank you for the praise and thank you for the criticism. Criticism, yes. You see? But it's yeah. constructive criticism, not destructive. Yeah. But when we say thank you to both then you yeah. don't buy into the praise. Yes. Because if you buy into the praise, you've got to buy into the criticism. You set yourself up. That's the detachment. Exactly. Isn't it? That's, the, that's the saying thank you to everything. And, and you know, we've gone to a deeper therapeutic analysis. I now understand in my own personal story, maybe there'll be the next book, the challenges that I had growing up, like we all do, coming, you know, living in a certain country, coming to another country, putting up with all kinds of ugliness and meanness and and being, having a quick mind. Yes, I do. I started to use it as a weapon, right? Uh, in order to feel safe. In other words, you develop a bit of a superiority complex, right? That's a word that they used to use in those days, you know, in psychology. Mm-hmm. And 
but you don't know you're doing it. And maybe the reasons for doing it might be justifiable, but the energy and the actions, because my energy at that time was being toxic to the energies of other in the room, which shocked me because that's the last thing I would ever in my heart of arts want to be ever. I actually considered myself to want to be the most right. So sometimes as saintly as we see ourselves as being, um, I thank the gurus in my life that said, uh, get over yourself. And by the way, you know, you might be smart, intelligent and all this, but who are you fooling, fool? I'll never forget that. That was 35 years ago. Yeah. But you're right. It, it gave me the ability now to get real. And it gave me the ability to actually own own my shadow, I'm bringing it back to how you said the darkness, you know, why am I, the light in me greets the light in you? Well, can the shadow in me greet the shadow in you? And what it did was it shone light on the shadow. And I got onto the path at that time, and it hasn't stopped, of owning my shadow and loving it equally. And it's because of that that I have become very astute and very quick at being able to see the dynamic in you, even though you would be deeply affronted if I said, hey, Steve, because, right? Like, like what I'm saying is yeah. I can just see it. It's just shown to yeah. me because I had to see it in myself. Right. So, yeah. so the question really should be to be more honest here in this, in this podcast is who isn't my guru? All right. Maybe we'll need Everyone. to rename it. Who isn't Everyone my guru? Everyone and everything. And, I was just going to say, and what isn't my guru? Yeah. Because I remember one of the teachers, one of the mentors telling me that the deepest lessons they had in their training, spiritual training, and they were very advanced, was they were given a lesson to go watch ants, little ants and <laughs> anthills. And they thought, what the hell? I'm a, already a, you know, this level master, and I can do that, and I can you know, take out half the town in one breath and whatever, right? And I've been given a homework to go watch a bunch of ants. Like, are you frigging kidding me? And yet, apparently, that was one of the most enlightening experiences in their life. Yeah. So can you learn from an ant? Yeah. Everyone's your teacher. Right. And everything, the tree out there, all of nature. If we can be open to learning and growing, which why wouldn't be? we be because that's what we're here for why would i enroll myself in a university and enroll in programs and commit to a process when i'm not open to learning yeah so so in that sense i want to be clear it's not yeah. that i can't come to you and say steve please guide me you have an experience in this area you have a gift Please reflect back to me your experience. Let me know how you handle this, or would you teach me this model, or will you help me how to do X, Y, or Z? It's not that I cannot have all these gurus in my life, but the ultimate guru, the one that everything and everyone goes through and gets, gets filtered or integrated or mediated is my inner guru. So I can take what you have to say, and you know, this is how I always sign off on a lot of my messages to people, or when I start working with a client, I'd say, listen, I know you think you're paying me to give you advice, but I'm sorry, I don't do that. And they look at me like, wait a minute, I'm giving you the big bucks and you're not going to give me any advice? Wait a minute, we need to renegotiate this contract. I go, no, wait a minute. I'm not here to give you advice, 
But I'm going to give you a lot of out-of-sight insights from my experience, from other people's experience, things I've studied, things I've experienced, other clients. I'm going to give you a lot of insights and inspirations and material for your consideration. So when I say this is for your consideration, what I'm trying to say to you is please don't make me in charge of your final decision. Should I do this or not? Should I leave them or should I stay? Should I quit? I said, how do I know? But let's go through a process where I can empower you with the right questions, with the experiences, with the learnings, and the tools you may need that you can then take all of those and funnel them through your own inner guru and learn how to hear that part of you and listen to the guidance because you will get your custom-made solution because it came with you before you got here. So so if I, it's really the awareness. And so then, and as some people have a hard time understanding that, and I'm telling you, if it was just about building a clientele and making lots of money, um, I'm not doing this right because I'm not giving advice. I'm not giving you the answers. I'm not telling you what's right and wrong for you. Um, and, and and that's bad business because eight out of 10 people want to pay you a lot of money to, to do it for them. Yeah. And I, I love what Rupert Spiro said. He said that the, the real purpose of a teacher is to liberate us from the dependence on objects or people for peace and happiness. That's very good. To liberate us from objects and people for our peace and happiness. Yeah. Hmm. That's um, that's very eloquent. Uh, so they, again, bring you to the precipice of your own greatness. Exactly. The light right? rather, than, rather than saying, um, you're deficient, you're damaged, uh, you're yeah. really not worth a lot, but if you hang around with me, a little bit will rub off. And meanwhile, give me your energy. And you're right. (laughs) (laughs) Well, right. And, and, you know, I mean, the stories are endless. And of course the country I come from, it's, it's, it's such a huge, huge game. Yeah. And there's still, and, and, okay. So I want to say something about that just so that people don't write to me and say, Oh, you guys are so judgmental, you know? So what if I want to, you know, follow guru X, Y, and Z, or what if, what if um, I, I believe in this lady and her message and I want to, you know, and they're correct. I have no right to judge that. I'm asking for discernment. I'm asking for people to say, uh, be a little discerning in asking what's the energy, the intent, but not even looking at them, looking at yourself. I also believe, and my, I guess my little story of woe today, uh, I didn't know we were going to go into it, but is a perfect of example of that. We are exactly where we needed to be to learn what we needed to learn. So if there's certain people out there right now in that guru game, let me call it that, you know, and I'm looking going, oh my gosh, can't, can't they see? Oh, oh no, this is, this is bad news. Oh, 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 maybe I need to save them. You know, somebody tell them like, like, there's something not okay here. Well, I mean, if I could have heard that, <laughs> right? So so I think sometimes we also have to have that compassion and just hold that space and have that love for somebody uh, who's having that experience. Because we can't know what's best for another human being. There you go. Yeah. We think we can know. I think I'm, yeah. I thought I was pretty good at that, by the way. And but yeah. but But we cannot know. 
And how humbling is that? How truly humbling is that where, where I can give you thoughts for consideration as to what has worked with me and for me with some of my clients and, and through my studies and things that I've learned and from the masters in the past. That's why I love it. I love, I have, I have master souls that I follow and that I adore and I enjoy. Uh, but I don't confuse the teaching with the teacher. See, my focus is on their teaching and what that embodied. If they were, a- if they were able to live in alignment with that, that's a bonus. See, I don't have to discard the teaching because the teacher was human, right? Like you said, the greatest prostitute in the world. And maybe why don't they have the right to be the uh, the number one guru? Good food for thought here today that, you know, we've got some very deep themes here in terms of good guru, bad guru, or isn't everyone our guru? Is You know, uh, I mean, it, it, and, and, and are we here to move from darkness into our light? Are we not here to dispel the darkness or the ignorance so that we can lighten up and be light beings? And light in and of itself just gets invited and it, it blossoms, it unfolds, it illuminates, it's self-illuminating. And when it does that, it illuminates everything around it too, without any conditions. So, so that's the true meaning behind lighten up, will you? <laughs> <laughs> there you go. I think I think that will be the mantra uh, uh, for um, for this episode. Lighten up, will you? Lighten up, will you? Right? And I think... Just that alone will remind us, hey, Tarun, lighten up, will you? Okay, so you had this owie. Yeah, you got beat up a little bit. Oh, well, let's get that resilience and that and that ability to just bounce back like we had when, when we came on the planet. The kids just constantly bounce back. We'll be talking about that with our friend um, on an episode upcoming. Because that's what, you know, and so where did we lose that ability? So you're right. Lighten up, will you? And uh, and on that I think, note, <laughs> I think we need to wrap up today, uh, Guru yeah. Steve. <laughs> I want to uh, wish you peace uh, uh, in in the Likewise. form of Om Shanti, and Shanti. Uh, I look forward to our next episode. Likewise, take, take care, care, my friend. Bye bye for now. Bye bye. We trust you found practical value in this podcast and will enthusiastically share it with others in your circle. And if you are so moved, leave us a review or write a post on social, tagging hashtag Chai Chat Podcast, and we will show our appreciation. Promise. Tarun Puri and Steve Harvey welcome you to join us for a Chai Chat at all of our live events and more. Connect with us with your questions, topic suggestions, and reviews at info at chaichatpodcast.com. <laughs>